And I told you last week that we're going to do Sayyid al-Istighfar, but I got a bit mixed up with the order. So we're not doing Sayyid al-Istighfar. Sayyid al-Istighfar is in two weeks, inshallah. And I thought we had a short one today, but we've got another long one. So inshallah, just be patient. We'll try to go through it very quickly. So this one is, last week we had, ayat, uh, the week before that we had Ayat al-Kursi. And then, قُلْ وَاللَّهَ قُلْ عَذَرَ بِالْفَلَقْ قُلْ عَذَرَ بِالنَّاسِ Three times. And then the next one in the order of Hisn al-Muslim is this dua, is this dua that the Prophet sallallahu used to make. And Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu said, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu said, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا أصبح قال that the Prophet sallallahu when the morning would come, يعني أصبح, he would say, أصبحنا وأصبح الملك لله والحمد لله لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير رب أسألك خير ما في هذا اليوم وخير ما بعده وأعوذ بك من شر هذا اليوم وشر ما بعده رب أعوذ بك من الكسل وسوء الكبر رب أعوذ بك من عذاب في النار وعذاب في القبر هذا الحديث رواه مسلم رواه مسلم and we said that if we said رواه مسلم رواه البخاري we don't need to check if it's صحيح أو صحيح yes but we said if it's أبو داود أو ابن ماجه أو النسائي أو النسائي رحمهم الله then we need to check whether they are Sahih or otherwise, because they included in their books a hadith which was Sahih and a hadith which were otherwise. For this dua as well, and you'll see in your Hasan al-Muslim, now the Prophet sallallahu he said at the end of the hadith, he said, وَإِذَا أَمْسَى قَالْ أَمْسَيْنَا وَأَمْسَى الْمُلْكُ لِلَّهِ And when you go to the evening, instead of saying, أَصْبَحْنَا وَأَصْبَحَ الْمُلْكُ لِلَّهِ You say, أَمْسَيْنَا وَأَمْسَى الْمُلْكُ لِلَّهِ So inshallah we'll just break this down very very quickly So the Prophet said أَصْبَحْنَا وَأَصْبَحَ الْمُلْكُ لِلَّهِ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ أَصْبَحْنَا وَأَصْبَحَ الْمُلْكُ لِلَّهِ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ أَصْبَحْنَا يعني we have entered into this period of time الصباح into the morning And we said that the sabah starts from when the true fajr rises Yes, we pray fajr maybe half an hour after that or 20 minutes after that so you can do your adhkar al-sabah even before you pray Salat al-Fajr, if the true Fajr has started. So don't get confused that you have to do it straight after Fajr automatically. فَأَصْبَحْنَا وَأَصْبَحَ الْمُلْكُ لِلَّهِ We have entered this morning and al-mulk continues to be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَأَصْبَحَ الْمُلْكُ لِلَّهِ This doesn't mean that there is going to come a time where the mulk ceases to exist for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أصبحنا وأصبح الملك لله is a confirmation that you are confirming that I have woken up and the mulk I am still in the mulk of Allah subhanahu wa taala I am still in the mulk of Allah subhanahu wa taala we'll come to this a little bit later on والحمد لله and you thank Allah subhanahu wa taala that you have woken up in this morning with all the ni'am that He could bless you with for He has given you a صحة والعافية and the ability to wake up and maybe you've come to Fajr as well and give you the, the, all the ni'am that Allah SWT can bless you with. You are reminding yourself that you are need to thank Allah for this. Walhamdulillah. La ilaha illallah. Wahdahu la sharika la. 
La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharikala. This is kalimat al-tawheed. For you working on your saying this as kalimat al-tawheed. La ilaha illallah. And this shahada consists of two parts. It consists of a nafi and al-ithbat. A nafi and al-ithbat. And the shahada is not correct except with these two. It is not correct except with these two. So you cannot just say, Illallah, that there is nothing worthy of worship except Allah, that only I believe in Allah and only Allah alone is worthy of worship without negating everything which is worship besides Him. But you cannot say, I believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but it's still alright for the Christian Madeline, to worship the cross. And it's still okay for the Jew to Madeline, worship Uzair or anything like this. But when you say, La ilaha, that means there is no deity worthy of worship. Nothing, absolutely nothing. You must negate everything before you establish Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uluhiyya. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha nafi illallah isbat. And if that wasn't enough, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala confirms it again in the hadith. La ilaha illallah wahdahu. Wahdahu alone. Wahdahu alone. This is confirmation for illallah. Illallah. This is a confirmation for the confirmation. La sharika la. This is a confirmation for the nafi. La ilaha. And this goes to show the importance of tawheed and to elevate the rank of tawheed. That it's a confirmation upon a confirmation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uluhiyyah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uluhiyyah, this is where the mahak is. This is where the consternation between the mushrikun of Quraysh was. But they didn't, they believed in tawheed al-rububiyyah, but the problem was in Tawheed al-Uluhiyya, where they went wrong. And they worshipped others besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Asbahna wa asbaha al-mulku lillah. Walhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah. Lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. Fana you establish three things of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Lahu al-mulk. Lahu al-mulk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs the sovereignty of everything. And remember in ayat al-Kursi we said... له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض. That means everything belongs to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Everything, everything is in the dominion of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. But remember, we said when we are in the dominion of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, then we are under the rules of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Whatever Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has ordered us to do, we do, and whatever Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has forbidden us to do, to to do, we stay away from that thing. For you are in the mulk of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You will be called to account for being in the mulk of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamd. And to Allah belongs the praise, all the praise. This alif and lam, lil-istighraq. That means jami' al-mahamid. All the mahamid belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All the mahamid, all the thanks and the praise belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we think of praise, it comes to our mind, we thank Allah when we get a blessing. So, مثلا, something good happens to us, we say, alhamdulillah. Whether we get a son or a daughter or a job raise or something like it, say Alhamdulillah, MashaAllah, this is refreshed from Allah. But this is just one aspect of Alhamd. This is just one aspect of Alhamd. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also praised for his asma and his sifat, the perfection of his names and the perfection of his attributes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of praise as well. So there's two aspects to Alhamd. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses you with the blessings which he is deserving of praise for. And because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfect in his names and in his attributes subhanahu wa ta'ala. Lahu al-mulku wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. And he is able to do everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعْجِزَهُ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ That nothing is beyond the scope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, neither in the heavens or the earth. Nothing is impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِذَا أَرَادَ شَيْئًا أَنْ يَقُولَ لَهُ كُنْ فَيَكُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do everything. For this part of the dua is, is what they call a muqaddimatul dua. This is like a prelude to what you are going to ask. And this is from the adab of the dua. From the adab and the manners of the dua. Is that before you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for anything, you praise him and you thank him and you glorify him. And this is exactly what he's doing. And this is the, next, the next part of the dua is when you start asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what you want. You say, Ya Allah, I ask you for the good of whatever is in this day. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his, has, has, has pre-decreed and predestined that there will be khair in this day. And you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you get the khair of this day. And this is from the generic dua. You are asking Allah for the khair of everything in this day. And this khair could be either for the khair of this dunya. Mathalan, the good of this dunya, mathalan, uh, security and, and amn and as-salama and health and, and wealth and food and all of these are from the khair of this day. And the khair of the akhirah is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you the tawfiq to worship him in this day in the manner which is befitting of him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that you perform your salawat and you read your Quran, mathalan, you do your tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of this is with tawfiq from Rabbil Alameen. And then you say... وَخَيْرَ مَا بَعْدَهُ And also the good of what is after this day, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you are not just guaranteeing this day, you are asking also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for also, for also the khair of what is after this day. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most generous. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most generous. And this is from the form of you keep asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves to be asked. So you're going to make this dua every day. You're making this in the morning and in the evening. And you're going to make it tomorrow in the morning and in the evening. And you're going to make it the day after that in the morning and in the evening. So you're asking for this day and with the good of it afterwards. And you keep asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ شَرِّ هَذَا الْيَوْمَ شَرِّ مَا بَعْدَهُ And just like I ask for the good of this, of this day, I also seek refuge in Allah from the evil of this day. I seek a refuge in Allah from the evil of this day. مِنْ شَرِّ هَذَا الْيَوْمَ يعني the شر Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed from the shar, the hidden, and the apparent shar, the one that you know that you don't know, the one that is perceived and the one that it isn't perceived, you're seeking refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from this shar. وَشَرِّ مَا بَعْدَهُ Similarly, and also the evil of what is after this, or after this morning or after this night. For this is a dua jami'ah. It, it combines everything. It's, it's very يعني, comprehensive. You're asking for the khair of everything. And you're seeking refuge in Allah from the shar of everything. Then this is after something generic. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts asking, you start asking Allah for something very specific. So after you've asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you seek protection from the evil of this day. You start seeking protection from Allah. kasal. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from laziness. From laziness. And laziness, as they said, is uh, the ulama defined as saying, is يعني, not having any motivation or, or not having any energy or not having any ambition to do anything while having the ability to do so. While having the ability to do so. 
فمثلاً the time for salah comes, you go, Allah, I don't feel like doing any salah. You have the ability to stand up and to do so. And this we will be called to account for this laziness if it's laziness towards something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has obligated you to do. So if it's something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said is wajib and is fard and you feel lazy in doing this, then you will be called to account for this. But if it's not something obligatory, then you are the one who is losing. And this is bikhilaf al-ajiz. Al-ajiz is the one who is not able to do it and cannot do it. For they, will, they will not be called to account for this because they have a valid excuse. Rabbi a'udhu bika min al-kasal wa su'il kibar. الكبر, and I think they translated it as senility. الكبر, the ill effects of old age. The ill effects of old age. الكبر. And يعني, مثلا, we all know and we can all associate with some of the ill effects of old age. مثلا, your memory goes away and they've got يعني, the epidemic now of dementia and Alzheimer's and whatever it is. And and they're trying to find out you know, every single cure for these dementia. And they say you have to have physical well-being and you have to eat well and you have to exercise and keep your mind. And the one thing they have forgotten is their alaqa with Rabbil Alameen. Is their alaqa with Rabbil Alameen. They concentrate on the physical side of the human being and they forget, completely forget and ignore the spiritual side of the, of the, of the, of, of the insan, of the human being. So you're seeking refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you should reach old age and that you, you should lose your faculties. Masalan, you lose your sight, you can no longer see, or you become very frail in your sight, or you become very frail in your hearing. Or masalan, rubbama, you cannot even control your bowels. Masalan, billah. For all this is from Su'il Kibar. Su'il Kibar. And there are some people, they reach Kibar, and they don't have any Su' associated with this Kibar. MashaAllah, you see him 75 years old, 80 years old, MashaAllah, Quwa and Nashat and Himma and Intaj and, and, and achieving still things. But it doesn't necessarily mean that when you reach old age that you will have su'il kibar. But this is tawfiq. And this is as the ulama said, حَفِظْنَا جَوَارِحُنَا فِي الصِّغَرِ فَحَفِظَهَا اللَّهُ لَنَا فِي الْكِبَرِ That means we looked after our limbs. We looked after our limbs. We looked after our eyesight and what we hear and what we do and what when we were young. يعني we feed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our limbs when we were young. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looked, looked after them when we were old. And this is why you see, مثلا, the ulama MashaAllah, even when they're very old, they're still very sharp-minded and very quick and very intelligent and they maintain their faculties. But not everyone who reaches Al-Kibar, Su'il Kibar. And when you, reach, when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect you from Su'il Kibar, it's either that you reach an old age and that you're not affected with these things or that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes your life away before these effects set in or they settle in. Wa Su'il Kibar, Rabbi a'udhu bika min adabin fin nari and Ya Allah, I seek refuge in Allah uh, in you from a punishment in the hellfire and a punishment in Al-Qabr. And the punishment in the hellfire is either a permanent punishment in the hellfire and this is reserved for Al-Munafiqoon and Al-Kuffar. A permanent punishment in the hellfire and also the temporary punishment in the, in the hellfire. For anyone who comes with perfect Tawheed, with good Tawheed, but they have sins which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees that they, decree that they should be punished for these sins, then they, should, they will be put in the hellfire for a temporary amount of time. But you're seeking refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from these two types of being put into the hellfire. وَعَذَابٍ فِي الْقَبْرِ and عَذَابٍ الْقَبْرِ as well. And you have to differentiate between fitnatul qabr and عَذَابُ الْقَبْرِ For fitnatul qabr, everyone will taste fitnatul qabr. And fitnatul qabr is when... The three the angels will ask you the three questions in your grave. 
This is fitnatul qabr. Everyone will go through this. And depending on your answer for that, you will either have adabul qabr or na'imul qabr. So you're seeking a refuge in Allah that you should not answer these questions and as a result be punished for these. As a result, punished for not answering these questions properly. A'udhu bika min adabin fil nari wa adabin fil qabr. And yani, subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned these two specific punishments. For on the day of judgment there are other adab, مثلاً, the adab that you will experience in al-mahshar, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gathers the, the khalq. For there will be مثلاً, the people who are suffering with the, the amount of sweat that they have and that the sun will come down and they do not have the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For all of these are types of punishment yawm al-qiyamah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically mentioned adab al-qabr Firstly, because it's the first manzil, the first stage of the akhirah, and adab al-nar, because it is the worst of all the punishments that the person will see on that day. For if the person's abode is Jahannam, يعني, the mahshar will be easier for him than what they will find and what they will experience in, in Jahannam. Wal-ayyadu billah. Subhanakallah wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa tuhul.